This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rashes, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c Saying it was just a dream or it's nothing to be afraid of isn't very helpful. Although I know it's our first instinct, right? We want to just comfort them and say, no, it's nothing, it's nothing. Obviously, it was something for them. So saying it was just a dream, they may not know what that means. And saying they're not afraid and that they shouldn't be afraid, this minimizes their fear and worries, which doesn't help in validation and processing that is so important for kids and frankly for us as well. Hello and welcome back to the Pete's Doc Talk podcast and Monday mornings with Dr. Mona. This is a podcast that keeps growing because of you and your reviews. So thank you for tuning in and being here today. On this episode of Monday Mornings with Dr. Mona, I'm talking about nightmares. How young is too young to have nightmares and how to navigate this? Let's get to our caller's question. Hi, Dr. Mona. This is Michelle from Washington State. I have a question on nightmares, night terrors, and being afraid of the dark. My daughter is 22 months old, and we did similar sleep training as you did with Ryan. She's a great sleeper, great napper, but for the past couple of weeks, she's been waking up once a week screaming. It's really hard to console her. Um, she'll fall asleep on me, but then the second I try to go place her back in her crib, she I mean, she's latched around my neck, her legs are wrapped around my back, and I just can't lay her down. And I'm just wondering, how do I know if she's having nightmares, if that's starting to happen, or if she's having night terrors? what to do, how to talk to her about it. Also, her room is pitch black, and I'm wondering, is she afraid of the dark? Is it time to introduce the nightlight? Anyways, I'm just hoping you can touch on this subject. Thanks for all your help and all your content is much appreciated. Good morning, Michelle. Thank you so much for this question because I agree it can be really confusing. Is this a nightmare? Is it normal separation anxiety that happens around this age? Is it a night terror, which I will touch upon? So you have a 22-month-old. I'm not sure if she's very verbal, but is she telling you that she's scared of something or saying any words that would make you think that it's a nightmare or night terror? It sounds as if you might be dealing with separation anxiety, which is very common in toddlers, especially after two until about two and a half months. I commonly see that even the best of sleepers all of a sudden realize, wait, what? Where's my parent or where's my guardian? I want them back in here. I want you to listen to episode 52 of my podcast. This may be helpful as, like I said, this could be separation anxiety. Even sleep trained children can change and want you in there. And that is okay. So it's important to rule out is she dealing with an illness or fever? Is there some safety issue, which I imagine is fine, you know, if there's a concern and if you want, you can always look on your monitor before going in, making sure she's okay. 
And then you also want to consider, do you want to retrain her with any of the tips in episode 52? Lay next to them, give 10-minute intervals before checking in, are my usual recommendations for toddlers, the latter being almost like a Ferber method. You asked about night terrors and nightmares, so I did want to discuss the difference briefly and then also how to handle if, in fact, this was a nightmare. I'll leave night terrors fully for another episode. So children as young as two can have nightmares, and it can be common until age six, where it's concerning to them. You know, me and you probably have nightmares, but you will wake up in the morning and likely not wake up in the middle of the night from them. Sometimes it can happen. A child is still unsure of these thoughts while sleeping, so they may be confused. Me and you know the difference between dream and reality, hopefully, but children can have a harder time, so they don't know how to differentiate that reality and that dream. Nightmares are a very common way to process emotions and information, and your child will eventually outgrow them concerning them. They usually occur in lighter sleep, so it's more common in the morning time or in between deeper sleep cycles. And they happen commonly in the toddler years because the toddler brain is constantly processing a lot of information, images, and sounds quickly. And they spend way more time in lighter sleep than babies do. And toddlers are in that stage where, again, they can't separate that reality from make-believe. Their cognitive brain is developing very rapidly, but they still don't understand the differentiation. Some other things that can make nightmares worse, fever and illnesses can sometimes cause more nightmares. Some meds, for example, my son Ryan was on prednisolone and I remember he was just a raging toddler. He was just so cranky. He didn't have the nightmares, but it can cause some change in sleep that I've seen. Another cause is change in routine. So these are all common triggers that may cause nightmares. Of course, seeing scary images, which I don't imagine your toddler's doing, something they may have seen like a spider that may not be scary to you could be scary to them. So here's what I want you to look out for. In a nightmare, your child will be awake and screaming for you. When you come to the rescue, they may be clinging to you because they remember the dream or they may be telling you what happened if they're verbal. It's okay to sit with them during this moment so that you can reassure them. Now, this may look the same as separation anxiety, right? If that child is not fully verbal yet, you may seem like, well, yeah, she's clinging to me. So your management may be the same. So I want you to listen to episode 52 and I'll go over some tips here on how to reassure. I want to briefly talk about night terrors. So night terrors, on the other hand, occur in deeper sleep. Your child's eyes may be open wide and she may be screaming, thrashing around, panting, and even sweaty. And some kids may even sleepwalk if they're not in a crib and they're able to get out of their room. She may shout for you, but she can't sense your presence or be comforted by you. So imagine a person just so upset, so distraught by something happening, but their eyes are still awake. Sometimes they're even closed, but they're still awake, but they're not. You can't get to them. You can't really talk to them or comfort them. And the child won't remember the event when they wake up, which can be so hard for parents because they'll kind of act like nothing happened. And you'll be like, wait, what? I was in your room and you don't remember any of this. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs 
and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals, chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with factor meals because they're ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious factor meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota and I am your host for the podcast No One Told Us where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. I can do an entirely separate discussion on night terrors if you like, as these are important into adulthood too. I know adults who have had night terrors, and I think it's an important thing to talk about. So like I said, it sounds like your daughter may be having a nightmare or maybe just a sleep regression where she just wants you in there. As she may not be fully verbal yet, because I know 22-month-olds are not always, it may be hard to tell and can be managed similarly with reassurance and your parental approach to sleep training. So now if you really do believe that this is a nightmare, you know, she's saying that she's scared or that there's something that's looking at her or something like that, I want you to say something scared you while you were sleeping. You're safe. Saying it was just a dream or it's nothing to be afraid of isn't very helpful. Although I know it's our first instinct, right? We want to just comfort them and say, no, it's nothing. It's nothing. Obviously, it was something for them. So saying it was just a dream, they may not know what that means. And saying they're not afraid and that they shouldn't be afraid, this minimizes their fear and worries, which doesn't help in validation and processing that is so important for kids and frankly for us as well. So I want you to focus on saying something scared you while you were sleeping. Something scared you, right? So you're validating that something was scaring her. Now, again, you may not know if it's a nightmare or versus a sleep regression, but I'm talking if your child's saying, mommy, dark, scared, you know, saying words that are saying like she's scared of something. 
You can then verbally reassure and set expectation so you're not abandoning them, quote unquote. Remember, your approach to the situation is your parenting philosophy. I would expect you to go in, obviously, if you have a child who's normally sleeping and all of a sudden waking up, just to make sure that things are okay. Are they sick, like I said? Are they waking up because they have a fever? But if you go in and they seem okay and they're clinging to you, I want you to say, I see that you're safe and it's time to go back to sleep. As a parent, you can decide your next step. Maybe for a night or two, you sleep in the bed next to them or on the floor next to them or in a couch or chair or whatever you have in the room next to them. Or your plan may be to leave and come back in 10 minutes, a Ferber training method, if you will. We talk about this in episode 52 of my podcast. The first option is okay, laying next to them or you know, laying in the bed next to them. However, if this is becoming the rule and not the exception, you may want to consider a new retraining strategy. We want to encourage them to fall asleep on their own. So maybe you ask if they want a specific lovey item or you're going to stay there until they fall asleep this one night. But we want to teach them that their sleep environment is safe. You mentioned that you wanted to introduce possibly a nightlight. Now, I don't generally love nightlights. I just don't think that they're great. They can add more stimulation. I know that they're more of a lighter setting, but you can do a nightlight if you feel like your child wants it, particularly like nightlights for a child who's verbal and who says that they want it. Yes, I want a nightlight, but I think it's really great at this age to teach them that they are in a safe space. And what this means is that you may need to be there a little bit longer than you used to be. Or you may need to do a Ferber method where you say, I love you so much. You are safe. I understand that you woke up. Mommy's going to check in in 10 minutes. And you can say that even though they don't understand the concept of time. But then you're going to show up again if you're going to do the Ferber. Or you're going to lay down next to them. And then you're going to stay there if whatever the rules are that you said, whatever the expectation you laid out for them. With toddlers and sleep. Whatever you're doing, whatever the reason, it is so important that you are very consistent with the expectation that you laid out. So if you said, yeah, mommy will lay here with you until you fall asleep, then that's what you're going to do. You want to really follow through with what you are saying you're going to do because toddlers actually really remember that. For nightmares in general, because again, if you think that this might be a nightmare, avoid scary books, movies that may add more fear and try to continue having that normal bedtime routine. I don't think you're actually doing that. Many times with children, they may have a nightmare of something that they saw or they witnessed that you weren't there with them for, right? Maybe, like I said, they saw a spider or a classmate in preschool said something to them. I mean, it's very hard for us to be with our children at all times, and we can't control all of their fears. But what we can do is validate it, right? And like I said, you really want to validate and said something scared you while you were laying down. Something scared you while you were sleeping, if in fact you think it was a nightmare. The most important take home here is that I want you to check in to reassure them. The beauty of having a child who is sleeping through the night is that when they start not sleeping through the night, you can tell yourself that something's up. Now that something up could be an illness, like I said, it could be a sleep regression. Is it a nightmare? That's for you to kind of figure out. Obviously, from a medical standpoint, I want you to rule out, is it an illness? Because when there's an illness, you're going to have a little more TLC, right? If you are more of the type to do a more Ferber method, maybe if they're sick, you're going to do something different. 
But once you've ruled out that it's not an illness, again, fever, irritability from that fever, then you're going to check to make sure that, okay, do they just need that reassurance? So you're going to be checking in and then you're going to be consistent with how you approach the after, right? Are you going to lay down with them? Are you going to rock them and then lay them down? You have a spider monkey. Okay. That's what I call it when Ryan clings to us. And that is completely normal that they're going to be like that, but you're going to put them down and you may have to pat their back. And then you have to decide how do you want to proceed? And like I said, you can do a method where you lay down next to them. We've done that. You can do a method where you say, mommy loves you. I know you were very scared or whatever the reason is. Maybe they just wanted you. I see that you really want mommy. And I know that you're so brave and that you can sleep on your own and mommy will be back if you need me. And then that's when you do that 10 minute check that I said. You can decide what it looks like. But we don't want to introduce new long-term inability to fall asleep on their own, as then you would have to retrain again. So the goal here is figure out what the reason is, if you can, and then follow through with the method that works for your family. Try to stay away from crutches if you can, like sleep crutches that aren't really needed. But of course, in a time of need, you're going to do what you need to do. I hope this was helpful for you, Michelle. I hope that it gives you some guidance. Obviously, I would love to know more about what exactly was happening and what she was saying at the moment. And do make sure to leave a review or rating wherever you listen to podcasts so this podcast can continue to grow. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. As always, please leave a review. Share this episode with a friend. Share it on your social media. Make sure to follow me at Pete's Doc Talk on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Pete's Doc Talk TV. We'll talk to you soon. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.